0: Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Steven Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.
1: Vegas Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up.
0: You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon.
1: What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation. First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news and analysis and commentary. Before we get to our great co-host, Sam Gordon, just want to let you know that uh, First and Ten is sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by Blue Wire. It was... One heck of a weekend of football uh, craziness abound. Like Saturday, Sunday, it was wall to wall football. Sam Gordon, did you survive? And how are you doing now, <laughs> Vinny? I'm doing, I'm
2: doing well. Uh, I did survive. Um, you know, I did get up uh, and intently watch all those games. I was very, very gl- glued in. Getting up, sitting down, getting up, sitting down for games. Um, I had absolutely no stake in just because of how intense, intense they were, and that's why we love football. That's why we love the NFL, what's make the what makes, it's what makes the NFL so unique uh, is we get moments like that, we get games like that, we get quarterback play like that, we get opportunistic defensive plays like that, so it was really an unbelievable um, weekend, the divisional weekend I feel like always delivers, but this one especially um, will, will be one to remember, and now that sets the stage for what I believe to be two great matchups uh, in the championship games with, with a lot of great storylines um, a lot of great players we have some of the best players in the NFL uh, in these games and I cannot wait uh for next weekend but this past weekend was unbelievable and and i a feeling I have a feeling this one will be talking about you know, collectively for a long time.
1: Yeah, I completely agree and uh, to localize it to um the Raiders uh listen, I think that there were I think there's probably a ceiling with the Raiders this year um if all things worked out. Uh, I looked at the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs and I think that they're kind of the Cream of the crop uh, of, of the AFC. So I'm not sure that the Raiders would have been able to, um, you know, to, to necessarily compete and win against them in a playoff format. But the fact that the Raiders pushed the Cincinnati Bengals, who are now in the AFC championship game as far as they did, I mean, they were literally one well play from, you know, putting that game to overtime. It kind of shows you how close the Raiders truly were. I'm not saying that they would have been able to go into Buffalo or Kansas City and win. Those teams look like dynamic teams. And uh, but I do think that that's how close they were to the Cincinnati Bengals who are in the AFC Championship game. Now, having said that, the Bengals might turn around and beat the uh, Chiefs. But at least if you're looking at it from a Ra- from a Raiders angle, uh, Sam, um, not for the Bengals to win and to beat the top seed and to go to the uh, AFC Championship game, not a bad thing for the Raiders considering the fight that they showed in Cincinnati.
2: No, not at all. And I think even, you know, hypothetically, Vinny, uh, if, if, if the Raiders would have beat Cincinnati and played Tennessee clearly Tennessee um, was vulnerable right I mean clearly Tennessee was was beatable they had nine sacks they did the most important thing you could do defensively they pressured the quarterback all afternoon long and still found a way to lose that game because they couldn't move the ball so even if the Raiders were to get in that game that's clearly a matchup that they that they could have um, survived and it's just not who's to say whether they would have won or not but it goes back to your point about the Bengals right The, the the margins between the Raiders and a couple of those other teams, um, they, they weren't that great. They 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 weren't that far off. Um, I, I'm I'm so what, clearly what Cincinnati did is, is very impressive, especially considering um, the issues they had the, along the offensive line. But yeah, I, I don't think they're they, they they clearly the Raiders this year clearly proved they weren't being in, in the postseason consideration that that they're in that they're at that level. And Cincinnati's pretty good. The Raiders were right there with them, and Cincinnati has clearly one of the young stars at quarterback in the NFL and, and and again the Raiders were were right there with them so they they definitely you know have to do some things to to catch uh Buffalo to catch Kansas City. I mean <laughs> the 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 quarterback play collectively in that game I don't know any, if we've ever seen uh both quarterbacks a game where two quarterbacks have played at that high of a level um for four quarters it's certainly been a while uh if we have so I, I think you're right in that regard that there's there's a gap there there's Quite a, a clear gap there between the Raiders and those two teams. But if, if they beat Cincinnati and they were right there, had a, had chances down near the goal line um, to force overtime, And who knows what happened in an overtime situation, who knows what would happen against Tennessee. So now um, the focus for them continues to be on, on, you know, improving the areas that they need to improve and, and seeing what they can do to shrink that gap between the other top contenders in the, in the conference.
1: Yeah, and first things first with that, um, uh, as we move into week two of their search for uh, a new general manager and uh, potentially a, a new head co- uh, head coach, uh, we, we do know that Rich Passaccia is still <laughs> technically in the running. I uh, don't know um, to the extent how serious his bid is uh, to be the permanent head coach, but, uh, but we'll see uh, in the meantime there have been some uh, names that have uh, been, been percolating both on the GM front and on the uh, head coach front. And um, so, some interesting names as well. A lot of connections to the New England Patriots. Um, yep. You've got um, some connections, obviously, to uh, to, to Jim Harbaugh um, and, and his connections to the Raiders. And there's continues to be smoke uh, around that. Um, as you follow it, Sam, uh, what do you make so far of, uh, of, of where this – GM slash head coach search is.
2: I make that Mark Davis
1: is taking his time. i I I get the sense
2: that he wants to be really thorough this time around and to make sure that it's a proper fit on, on both ends. It doesn't feel like it's been a rush process. And I think the same could be said about teams around the NFL that are going through through the similar process, but it seems so far at this point that it's very deliberate, that there's no rush. That's what hap- that's what's happening in the playoffs. It doesn't, isn't affecting what what the Raiders want to do. In that regard, and, and and I think that all things considered, that's that's the right approach. Of course, you wanna you wanna have your 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 GM coach combination in place as soon as possible, um, especially with things like the Senior Bowl coming up and 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 with the the, the new um, with the off really on the horizon, and the new, we're looking at the new league year relatively soon. But I think all things considered, they're gonna be fine um, with 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 the current timeline that they're operating on, and I think that the deliberate approach that they have and the the patience. That they're taking, um, I, I certainly don't think that's a, a bad thing. What what what's what's the sense that you're getting um, so far based on the last week or so?
1: Yeah, um, and and um, I agree with, uh, with with your premise as far as being deliberate, being thorough, um, you know, being meticulous in in what you're doing. Uh, because to me, uh, do the Raiders have maybe somebody in mind for both positions? Possibly. Um, obviously, they have a group of people in mind. That's who they're interviewing. Um, For for both positions, but I think and it's it's good to have a plan. It's good to have maybe a preference of what you you know uh, ultimately think might happen. However, the reason why you do a thorough process, the reason why you're meticulous uh, uh, about it and disciplined uh, throughout it, is that it opens you up to the process leading to your decision, guiding you to your decision. Whether it's to bring you back to Rich Pasaccia. Um, or somebody completely different, or maybe some of the names that we've been hearing with Jim Harbaugh. If the process leads you to that, if you're if you're true to the process and you allow it to kind of guide you to the destination, I think you're doing yourself a service. Uh, rather than getting locked in and then having to fight, you know, like some instincts that might take over during the process, say, no, well, we really want this guy. Um, and, and we're going to go through the motions of this, of this interview process really, though, it's more just, um, getting through some things before we go to uh, our preferred choice. I don't think the writers are doing that. I think they are going in open-minded. Um, and I think what they're trying to construct is, um, you know, for a long time, well, at least under John Gruden, they were more of a coach centric, um, organization, right? And he had the final say right or wrong, but that's how they're, that's how they're, um, Power process worked. Um, the head, they ran through the head coach. I'm just the, as I'm following this and checking in on this. I'm getting the sense that they want to do kind of a um, a coach, general manager, general manager, coach, whoever you want to say, uh, has the final power. But some sort of a tandem that they're going to sure. hire together uh, as a sort of a team effort type of a thing, um, to, and, and structurally. Build it like that. And I think they're trying to find the best pairing of that, whether that's Ed Dodds um, from the Colts, who has a connection to the Raiders and a connection to Jim Harbaugh, who also has a connection to the Raiders. Maybe that's the direction they go. Maybe it is with Dave Ziegler, the uh, pro personnel director of the New England Patriots. Uh, and there's a combination of him with maybe a Josh McDaniels or maybe a Gerard, uh, 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 Jared Mayo, who's interviewing uh on Tuesday for the Raiders job uh, here in Las Vegas, but some sort of a pairing that, uh, uh, you know, like a power tandem that uh, has chemistry, that has synergy. Uh, and that, that, that can be the way the the organization is now led from a football end of things.
2: Yeah. And that there, there's not, like you said, I think you made a good point with, with the group thing, um, you know, coach going through the coach, not necessarily good or bad. Right. But, but having more of a tandem, would be different. We know Belichick in, in New England has had final say for a long time and has ran personnel and whatnot, and it's been very successful there. And in Kansas City, it's like it's like a collaborative thing, like you're talking about with Andy Reid and Brett Veach. That, that Andy Reid's not he doesn't get all the personnel say. There's, there's more of a collaborative approach. So I think, especially based off of, you know, I, I, I can see why, why they'd want to go that route, why the Raiders would want to go that route, given what, what has transpired after, you know, with, with, with John Gruden, what transpired under his tenure and some kind of the personnel um, uh, missteps that were there that maybe having you know two different kind of keeping those two two positions separate but connected at the same time, it it certainly makes sense. So I'm 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 with that approach. I think there's there's certainly benefits to that approach. Um, and and I, I'm curious to see um, how that that plays out with the Raiders going into these next you know these next few days as this process continues. Are you are you getting a sense, Vinny, for a, a timeline one way or the other? Are you getting a sense for? Hey, they want to have a GM or a coach by this particular date? Or where do you think they're at? How close do you feel like they are um, to a decision? Because it's been a couple of weeks now. And now it's that time of the podcast. We are joined by our good friend, Chuck Esposito, the director of races sports for Station Casinos. Chuck joins us every week to talk about the Raiders, the Vegas betting landscape, and of course, all things sports. And this particular week, he joins us to talk about what I believe is the greatest. Weekend in NFL history. Chuck, what did you think of the games this weekend? How are you doing? What was it like being on your side of the counter for four walk-off games, the best weekend of games I can remember? Walk me through your experience these past few days. I
3: mean, first of all, Sam, I think my blood pressure is just starting to come down. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was crazy. I totally agree with you. Um, you know, the 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 wild card round, you had some blowouts and actually some boring games, to be honest with you. Um, but this week, the divisional round with, you know, I know baseball has the walk-off home run. I mean, the walk-off field goal with no time left in three games, having two number one seeds, you know, get knocked off at home after the bye and the unbelievable finish of that Bills-Chiefs game. It's just crazy. Um, you know, 25 points in two minutes. Looked like the game was going to stay under. If you had that game under, you're ready to cash your ticket. Um, just a yeah. uh, just just craziness. I mean, we um, you know, if you look at all four dogs, if somebody had made a dog parley at all four dogs, it probably paid somewhere in the range of 40 to one. And there was a lot of guests, you know, small tickets, big tickets that were that were tied to the bills. We were clearly Chiefs fans from our side of the counter. Wow. What a finish there um, in Kansas City. What a finish in all four
2: games. And that sets up. Uh, a tremendous championship weekend. I'm I'm always, I'm of the mindset chart that the divisional weekend is the best weekend in the NFL, but the, the championship Sunday, it's not far off. You get the four best teams. Um, you get a number of great storylines. And in this case, half on the heels of what was an unbelievable weekend, we get a couple great matchups. It's, it's, it's surreal that we're, you know, we used to break down an entire slate of games. Now we have three left for the entire season. I want to spend some time on each game here. First, Chuck, Bengals, Chiefs, uh looks like there's a little bit of movement with that line. The number I'm seeing now is Kansas city minus seven. That to me makes sense. When you take a look at both teams, what they've been able to do, what they've looked like, how they've performed. Chuck, when you take a look at this matchup, what jumps out to you uh, about these two particular teams and what trends have you seen so far now that there's been um, a line for a couple of days?
3: I mean, the, the first thing I'm seeing with these two teams, Sam is, is offense with a capital. O. I mean, these yeah. two teams played, Um, You know, late in the season, it was a 34-31 win for Cincinnati. They were way down in that game. They came back and, uh, you know, ended up winning that game. They were aided more by penalties late in that game than any team during the course of the season, which kind of changed the complexion of that game. Uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow had huge games. Um, And I think you watch Kansas City's defense against Buffalo. That game was just last team that had the ball was going to win. Um, yeah. They didn't do anything special um, without, um, you know, some of their, their DBs being banged up. They just couldn't stop anything Josh Allen was doing. And if you're Cincinnati, you know, Chase, Chase and Higgins and Boyd are really dangerous and mix it out of the backfield. Um, early play has been on the Chiefs. We've seen a little bit of a push there. Um, but yep. again, their defense, nothing spectacular. And interesting stats, Cincinnati, the last six games that they've been a three-point dog or more, they are 6-0. and oh. Um, so they come into this game as a, as a dog and, uh, we'll see, but, uh, they're, uh, they're, they're definitely a live dog. I would think as both teams are, uh, in the, in the championship round.
2: Yeah. We're seeing a, a, a pretty high total in this game. Uh, you, it was the expectation. I mean, the sense based on, like you said, you know, offense galore. the sense I'm getting, or what I'm preparing for is a, is a shootout, right. Another, kind of shootout do you think that's the more
3: likely outcome or the more likely way this game is going to go I would think Sam I mean it's sometimes in in the playoffs you get teams to play a little bit more conservatively I would think both these two teams want to keep the ball out of the other team's hand and you know sure. again that Chiefs-Bills game looked like a dead under for most of the game first half it was under it looked like it wasn't going to get over um you know with with two minutes to go it was sitting you know right under what the posted total was. And they scored 25 points in two minutes to go over by three touchdowns. So these two teams just are all about offense. Um, But again, you know, you want to keep the ball in the other team's hands. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But um, the betters believe it's going to go over because it has already gone up four full points industry-wide since we posted Mm. the total on Sunday night. To me, definitely
2: the sexier quarterback matchup per se with Burrow and, of course, the great Patrick Mahomes. You go to the NFC side. I think you get a couple teams and a little bit more of that old school kind of mole. Not that they're not capable of scoring points, but these teams are you know great rosters where certainly in L.A., Matt Stafford was kind of the missing piece. And then with the Niners, definitely more of an old school approach, predicated on running and defense. Chuck, you take a look at these two teams. This is a matchup we've seen. This is division rivalry. The number I'm seeing right now, Rams minus three and a half. That feels about right uh, when, when we think about the meetings that these teams have and their respective strengths. What kind of trends have you seen so far? with this particular game, and how do you see this shaking, this
3: matchup shaking out in contrast to what we might see in the AFC? There's been some early action, Sam, on the Rams so far, but I really think by the time this game kicks off, the late game on Sunday, that we're going to be Ram fans, that there's just too much value with San Francisco getting more than a field goal. You have to remember, since Sean McVay yep. came into the league, guess what? He's 0-6 against the 49ers. Niners beat him twice this year. This is another game where you know six times the Bengals have been dogs of three points or more. They won all six. Six times the Rams and Niners have faced each other since McVay came into the league. Six times the Niners have won. I think they're kind of the darling team right now. Um, you look at the Rams, and they're right. You're right. They're built to win it now. No number one pick since 16. They don't have one for a few more years. Their defense is built to win Super Bowls. Stafford was the missing piece. This is going to be a fun game to watch, but I think a, a lot more physicality. Than in that Bengals-Chiefs game.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's kind of the sense I'm getting to. You Certainly you watch the way that the Niners um, beat Green Bay, very, very physical. And then even though Tampa had that late push on Sunday, very much a physical game um, from, from the, the Rams as well. Any big things, any big plot points that you are completely focused on as we approach
3: Championship Sunday? Are there any things in particular you're looking for, you're keeping an eye on? I didn't think we touched on a lot of them. I think maybe some of the interesting or intriguing things would be is, you know, if the, if the Chiefs and Rams play in the Super Bowl and you're the Chiefs, this is the second straight year after it never happening that the, you know, the, the, one of the two teams would be playing in their home stadium. And this will yeah. make the Chiefs twice. They have to go to Tampa and play. Then they have to go to L.A. and play, which is kind of crazy stat. And then look at if it happens to be the other matchup. If it's Cincinnati and San Francisco. And we know that history of the 49ers and how good they've been with Montana and Young and and Rice and how good that those teams were. And you think about Cincy, two Super Bowl trips in their history. And guess what? In both times, they played San Francisco. It could happen a third time. What in God's name are the odds of that happening? So (laughs) um, just kind of, you know, there's a couple of interesting kind of plot twists there, depending on how this weekend shakes out, um, that are really kind of interesting, you know, across the board that really are, are kind of anomalies when you think about it.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Chuck. I'm looking forward to seeing how everything shakes out. I, I, this is the penultimate. We are approaching the penultimate weekend of the NFL season. Looking forward to breaking the championship games down with you um, next week. And, of course, as we know with the Super Bowl, all kinds of fun stuff, um, fun talking points there once we know who is going to play in that game. Chuck, we appreciate your expertise, your insights, as always. Looking forward to uh, to recapping the championship games with you
3: next week. All right. Sounds great, Sam. Enjoy the games this weekend.
0: Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Steven Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.
1: The end of the season, essentially last Monday. Let's just say that you know they sure. played on Saturday, uh, so we're about a week into uh, a week and a day or so into it. Um, I would think, just based on you know some of the, some of what I've been hearing, sometime next week it might be all sure. uh, wrapped up. And uh, you you mentioned it. There's a lot that um that's getting ready to happen. You know, you got the Senior Bowl, you got your draft, you got free agency. You got to figure out who you're bringing back, who you're not bringing back. There's a lot of questions. Um, that need to be answered and the teams that have their power structures in place are already um, sorting through all of that. Right. Uh, whereas yep. the Raiders now there's a, a bit of a, a, you know, a void right now. So um, there's been a little bit of a delay. I don't think it's critical. Um, I think where the Raiders are right now, they're in a pretty decent position. Um, you know, uh, I think defensively, you know, deciding who are you going to bring back between your, you know, Clinton Jefferson's and Solomon Thomas's and Darius five lines, Casey Haywards, those guys that are on a one year deal. um I think that that's gonna I, I'm not gonna say it's an easy decision, but I think they'll be able to get through that uh, fairly um, uh, you know seamlessly. Uh, so there aren't that many huge big decisions that need to be made right now, but you still want, especially for formulating that free agency uh, plan of attack and um and the and the draft plan of attack, you want your leadership in place. So I would say, you know, by 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 sometime next week, uh, I would be surprised if if uh, if decisions weren't made. And, and it's interesting because, you know, you hear um, you know there's 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 scouting reports on. Okay, well, what what kind of a guy would Jim Harbaugh be? What kind of a leader would Jim Harbaugh? Is he going to want all the power? And it's interesting. Um, I don't necessarily think that that's the case. Um, can he be difficult to work with? Sometimes, yes. Can he? Does he? Is he a little bit quirky. Uh yes, but from what I'm hearing around the league, the power hungry thing, I think is a little bit overplayed. I think he just wants a seat at the table. I think that's it's that's very interesting, just thinking along those terms about Jim Harbaugh, Sam, because I sure. think that when you think about the general manager and this coach relationship that they're trying to build, uh, I think there has to be a clear understanding of obviously kind of you know who does really have that final say. But more importantly, who has a legitimate seat at that? decision-making table. And I think that's what Jim Barbaugh would want. I think that's what a uh, Josh McDaniels um, would want, you know, not necessarily have final say on everything, but have a legitimate voice in the process. Um, and you'd be surprised that that's not always the case. Some coaches don't want anything to do with it. You know, uh, they're, 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 they're content just being the coach and, and let somebody else decide who the players are. Every coach is involved in it to some extent, but some more than others, and some are happy sure. with, that, with the less. So, um, you know, I'm, so to answer the question, sometime by next week, but it'll be really interesting. I'm, I'm actually kind of fascinated about how that power structure is going to look, um, and I do believe there's some smoke uh, to, to, to Jim Harbaugh. And I think I, I know that there's genuine interest on his part uh, from the Raiders, and that shows you that the Raiders are a pretty good in a pretty good place. If somebody like Jim Harbaugh is like legit contemplating. Well, if I leave Michigan, that's where I want to go. Well, he, to me, feels, I mean, that's like the premier. That's the home
2: run, right? If, if it's Jim Harbaugh, that's the home run. He is the proven head coaching candidate in this cycle. His resume at every stop speaks for itself, including at the NFL with the 49ers, the three NFC Championship games, the Super Bowl appearance. He's a first and goal away from being a Super Bowl champion. And, and who knows how the trajectory of his career changes or what, what happens if they if they score that touchdown. Um, but they don't. He ends up leaving the Michigan. We know what happens there. And lo and behold, we're in this position again. But if, if we're talking about coaching candidates, Vinny, and if there is mutual interest, and if that's on the table, if they can if they can reel in um Jim Harbaugh, then that's that's then you've hit a home run. You absolutely hit a home run to me. The best candidate available right now, the most proven candidate, um, one who has turned things around, who's proven he can turn things around quickly. And again, as we talked about on previous podcasts. This isn't necessarily a, a, a rebuild job. I mean, there's there's pieces in place that it's a retooling, but it's not a complete rebuild per se. And and he's come in. I mean, when he took over San Francisco, they were a disaster. And the next year, they're in the NFC Championship game. So he's proven capable that he's going to raise both your floor and your ceiling immediately. And, and he is a proven commodity. So that would be. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying anything profound when I say he's the you know he's the home run hire um by any means but if there is that mutual interest there and if that's maybe where this thing is going and why it's been relatively quiet not, you know compared to some of the other coaching searches um on the Raiders front then then that's that's completely understandable um as to as to why why the process is unfolding the way it is so uh the, the wanting wanting the seat at the table is definitely an understandable thing i mean if, as a head coach you're 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 coaching the players you're you're ultimately responsible for putting these guys in the best position to be successful and to maximize the output of the team. So you're going to want to have an understanding of who, who's on the roster. And maybe there are certain players that, that fit what he wants to do better than others. I think that's, that's completely legitimate. We, you know, the, the falling out with Trent Balky that he had in, in San Francisco is well documented. And that was also a long time ago. And this isn't San Francisco. This is the Raiders It's a different situation. There's going to be a different general manager um, in place. So that would be to me, the, 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 of course, the, 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 the big home run hire, uh, but that doesn't mean it's Jim Harbaugh or Boston, in my opinion. I really don't think that's the case. I don't. I don't think there's anything. I don't. I don't think it would be a bad thing by any means if Rich uh came back, considering what he did and how the, the Raiders feel about him, and and even some of the other coaching candidates. I think there's definitely intrigue with some of these other other candidates as well. But but you, you nailed it. I mean, Harbaugh's the guy. I mean, it would make. Um. It would. It would certainly, I think, change the trajectory of this franchise and be the the, the home
1: run hire. But but we'll see, right? Yeah, we will. Um, you know, we mentioned uh, Jared Mayo from uh, the New England Patriots. He's only been coaching since 2017, but in just doing some uh, digging on him throughout the NFL. Um, boy, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of good feelings uh, for, for for Mayo in terms of his leadership. Um, yeah, I've heard I've heard the, uh, 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 the term rock star uh, thrown around a couple of different times. He's been compared to uh, maybe a, a, a younger version of, of Vrabel. Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, obviously he out. He also has a uh, connection to the to the New England Patriots. Uh, you know now whether it's his time, um, that's that's a little bit difficult. You know he hasn't been a coordinator yet. Uh, Bill Belichick's son is essentially the defensive coordinator there. They kind of shared a little bit of duties. Uh, he and he and Mayo, um, you know, this year or so. that would be a pretty big leap going from inside linebackers coach to head coach, but he's somebody to put a star on because his, his arrow is pointed up. And as somebody kind of broached to me uh, earlier this week, or I think it was, it was, it was yesterday. um, It was, you know, you could also envision maybe a Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, head coach Mayo defensive coordinator uh, type of a, a scenario as well. There's a lot of dots to connect right now. Um, and, and and the Josh McDaniels thing is is really interesting to me because I think he's sort of just lurking uh, in the weeds uh, over there. And, and it's kind of been described to me that he's in kind of fact-finding mode uh, himself. But I will say this, everything that I'm hearing um, leads me to believe that Josh McDaniels, who's very, very selective uh, you know, we all know what happened with the Indianapolis Colts uh, in terms of him accepting the job and then not accepting the job, um, or pulling pulling out of it at the last second, you know, that kind of rubs some people the wrong way. Uh, take that out of the equation as far as how it looked, the optics and all that. Uh, at the core of that is the fact that um, he's just really selective and he wants to figure out the right place to go. And, um, and so, again, when you bring up Josh McDaniels, who's very highly coveted and teams yeah. have been interested in him as a head coach, the fact that he's got an eye on on Las Vegas, and he absolutely does again, sort of speaks to where the Raiders are right now. And I also think what um, Mark Davis, the owner, kind of how he wants this to sort of look. He's not a um, you know meddlesome owner. He wants to know what's going on. Every owner does, but he's not somebody that's going to get involved heavily in in any kind of you know personnel decisions and dictating game plans and what it's supposed to look like. He wants to, and this is what he did with John Gruden you're the guy to run this part of this operation and you're going to have, you know, all the power, all the um, security in order to do that. And I think that's very appealing to head coaches and they also, and general manager candidates. you know, you also look at, there is a quarterback in place, you know, whether Derek Carr is the quarterback moving forward, or maybe somebody that you use to go get other assets to go improve at quarterback. There's a lot to like about that part of it as well. And and I'm, I'm pretty intrigued by Josh McDaniels, um, how he's he kind of continues to be in this and, uh, and and the interest that he has uh, in this job. We all know, Sam, what happened in Denver, um, but that was yeah. kind of a long time ago too. Yeah. Uh, people grow. Ten people years evolve. Ago. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I think it was Muhammad Ali said, if you're the same person, you know, when you're 50, that you were at 20, you just wasted all 30 years. So I would think a Josh McDaniels and I've kind of heard this has, Learned some things about himself, about what he's looking for in an organization, uh, himself as a coach, as the leader, uh, from from what happened in there. Sure, I'm sure he has. That was that was like a decade ago, right? And he's all he's done since
2: then is come back and coach really, um, really good teams, be a part of a coach on some really really good teams, um, work with some great quarterbacks, work with some young quarterbacks, work with, you know what I'm saying? He he's proven to be flexible, adaptable. They got to the playoffs this year with Max Jones as a rookie. Right, And it wasn't necessarily pretty, and you had to make some adjustments from what you wanted to do offensively, but he found a way to adjust in the middle of the season to what Mac Jones' strengths were, and they made the playoffs, I think, overachieved a little bit given where they were at um, roster-wise and given where they were at in terms of their, their rebuild. So I think he's definitely um, so ready to be uh, a head coach again. And, it's, again, it's been, it's been 10 years, and, and the situation in Denver is relatively unceremonious, but I think the fact that all, for all the points that you named, Um, This would be a good fit, or this this it's understandable why this would be a good fit, not just for Josh McDaniels, but for any coach. I think let's go around and survey the quarterbacks at all the different spots with head coach opening. I know we've briefly done that before, but you have Derek Carr, and then you compare him to to the to the rest of the quarterbacks out there. I know that you know uh, Trevor Lawrence and and Justin Fields are are young and and there's still potential there, but but Derek Carr is a proven commodity in this league and has been for eight years and is coming off a season in which. He really flexed his his leadership and, and his mental metal and whatnot to get the Raiders, to help the Raiders reach the playoffs, to, to help them kind of navigate that storm. So to have him in place for, for whoever, whoever takes this thing over. And, and if, if you're an offensive guy like Josh McDaniels, I think you kind of see the upside um, that, that's in place here with with, with, with Derek Carr, um, regardless if he's a quarterback in the future or not. Like you said, there, there's certainly options. There's certainly some flexibility that you can have, but there's also some upside in place right now uh, for, for whoever, whatever head coach um, takes the job. So I, he's definitely an interesting name. He's been a premier co- head coaching candidate. It feels like what, for the last three or four hiring cycles that that he's been in the mix. So if, if he comes to, to Vegas, if that's the guy, Mark Davis um, tabs, that Matt makes, that makes complete sense as well. So they, they have options and it's good to have options. It's why, again, to go back to the top of the podcast, is it's why I feel like they're being so deliberate in thorough right now because there, you, you want to this is a seminal moment for the organization you're coming off of a playoff appearance there's their second year in las vegas with fans is going to be 2022 you want to get this thing right and continue to, to make sure that this operation um, if you're mark davis is on the right trajectory and, and there is potential um, for whoever whoever gets this job to take this thing to, to another level and, that's certainly the focus and why I think they're being so so precise and deliberate right now.
1: The, the last thing anyone wants to do uh, if, if, if uh, they're at the building in Henderson is take any sort of a step back. You put yourself right. in a position where, you know, uh, the next step forward is going to be probably the most important step you take as an organization. And you can't afford to go in the opposite direction. That's not going to do anybody uh, any good. And, and before before we leave, um, you know, uh, Ed Dodds, the uh, assistant general manager, for the Raiders who has the connection to Jim Barba and Dodds used to work for the Raiders back in the day as an intern in the player personnel department, basically reporting to to Al Davis. uh, What a great uh, starting opportunity that is. That would have been, um, keep in mind too, and he's supposed to interview later this week. um, Very interesting when you put when you think about it, a Josh McDaniels looking at this job, and 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 as a head coach, and Dodds thinking of it maybe as you know, obviously as a general manager. Well, Dodds was in the organization in uh, Indianapolis when all that went down with Josh McDaniels taking the head coach <laughs> job and then backing out. So I would think it wouldn't bode well for uh, for Josh McDaniels <laughs> if Dodds becomes the general manager. So. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting next you know, week or so uh, to see if they do this simultaneously or if they get the general manager in place uh, and then pursue their head coach. Uh, they're sort of doing things simultaneously right now with some inter- interviews. I know uh, uh, DiBico Ryans, the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, is expected uh, to uh, to interview uh, uh, most likely after the uh, NFC Championship game. Remember, the 49ers are playing the Rams in the NFC Championship game. So that'll be sometime next week. So uh, we're, we're we're headed there and we're observing uh, everything and, and trying to keep track. Keep in mind, the Raiders are keeping us extremely tight lid uh, on this process. Uh, they're not one of those organizations that tweets out, we just concluded a <laughs> interview with so-and-so like the Minnesota Vikings have done and some other teams have done. They're not going to promote it like that. Um it's very, uh, they're, they're being thorough and they're being very um, tight lipped and tight lid uh, about it. So, but don't mistake that for nothing's happening because it, it absolutely is. I do know that they're having interviews, uh, I wouldn't say non-stop around the clock, but they're interviewing, they're doing a lot of interviews, have uh, least this past week, and will continue to do so uh, this week. But Sam, we're going to be on top of it before we uh, get out of here. Uh, your picks for the uh, AFC and NFC championship game? Yeah, great matchups,
2: Vinny. Uh, I like the home team in the AFC. I like I like Kansas City. I just think with with the level Patrick Mahomes is playing at right now, and coming off of that game, I think they they they're going to get it done at Arrowhead Stadium. With that said, um, Joe Burrows just beat them a couple weeks ago and hung 400 yards on that defense. That's clearly a vulnerable defense. So I think, I think I like Kansas city close. I think we're going to see another star making performance from Joe Burrow, but, but Patrick Mahomes is all he's already a star in the, in the best quarterback um, in, in football right now. I think that that kind of proverbial baton, the metaphorical baton, the crown, the torch was passed this past weekend from Brady um, who, who clearly has been that guy and has re- re- kind of reasserted himself last year, Tom Brady out of the playoffs now and in, in, in the, his future in question, that leaves Patrick Mahomes as the guy. I think he gets it done in a in a in a shootout kind of game, a close game. On the NFC side, um, I like the Niners. I, I really do. Uh, I think the Rams were awesome for most of the game um, on Sunday. But you take a look at this Niners team, what they what they're able to do defensively, and they've done they've they've been able to go on the road and beat two good teams, in Dallas and Green Bay, without Jimmy Garoppolo having a even like a an average game. You know, he he made a couple throws on Sunday, but certainly wasn't his best performance. It wasn't his best performance against Dallas. You get even an average game from him. That raises your ceiling. He's more than capable of playing well. A guy who's been in a lot of big games. I like more of a defensive kind of game there. Something to the tune of 24-20, 24-21. But I think we're going to get a rematch. Believe it or not, Niners, Chiefs. Uh, but either way, either way these games go, I think we're going to get a great Super Bowl matchup, great storyline. What do you think? I agree
1: with you with Kansas City. Uh, I just think they're just, they're just a little bit too uh, powerful, a little bit too dialed in. Um, although I'm not putting anything past Joe Burrow. I really like what I see from that young quarterback. I think the 49ers uh, meet their match in Los Angeles. Um, I, I just think that Matthew Stafford is playing. at; uh, He's taking his game to another level. Oh, geez, he was unbelievable. Yeah, he was. You got Cooper cut. You just have, you know, I think it's going to be the elements. There's not going to be any elements at, at SoFi Stadium. That's not going to negate, uh, you know, um, which I, I thought I kind of negated a little bit of what Aaron Rodgers does. Uh, so, but the 49ers caught a little bit of a break there. I think the Rams are just, way better coach than the Dallas Cowboys. So I think you're going to see the sloppiness um, from the Rams uh, in, in that regard. they got just too many weapons offensively. And uh, they, as good as the 49ers defense has played, I think the Rams are going to score on them. Um, uh, and I and I also think that if they do, if the Rams do, then it's going to put a lot of pressure on on San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of banged up right now to keep pace. Um, I just don't think when it comes down to the two quarterbacks there, I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo getting him over the hump, but I do see Matthew Stafford uh, getting getting the Rams over the hump. So that's my picks. Rams, Chiefs uh, in the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium two weeks uh, after that. But we will see because if anything is – if we've learned anything, uh, Sam, this NFL season has been unpredictable, crazy, and I think there's a few more surprises uh, along the way. Yeah, I do too.
2: And and I'm looking forward to great games. Um, Either way, you get the division – the divisional rivalry and the NFC championship game, and you got a battle of two unbelievable quarterbacks in the AFC title game, one the established star, and one who's clearly headed that direction. Um, with Joe Burrow, it's awesome. It's why, again, it's why we love the NFL. The games this past weekend, um, reaffirmed that it's really they reaffirm why we do what we do. And uh, and I can't wait for Sunday, I really can't. We're gonna have tons to talk about, maybe. You know, probably some when we when we reconvene next week, maybe some some Raiders updates as well, and, and the games, and I can't wait. It's this is a, always a fun time um, during the football season. And We're close to figuring out who the who the uh, who the Super Bowl
1: champion is going to be, and it's been a fun uh, fun thing to monitor all year and, and to be a part of. No doubt about it. I want to say thanks to all of our listeners. Thank you so much. Uh, you're Why we do this, we appreciate it, and we're uh, honored and humbled uh, to be uh, the messenger uh, to you guys for your favorite team, the Raiders. I want to say thanks to Larry. You are a great producer. So appreciate it, brother. Let's um, see what they with the Miami Dolphins, too. Uh, over there, Larry's a big Miami Dolphins fan. Just let that uh, out. Uh, so he's on pins and needles wondering what his next coach is going to be. Who his next coach is going to be. Uh, Sam, thank you very much. Uh, enjoy the games this weekend, and uh, we will talk to you next week.
0: <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Steven Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.